The CRL Rights Commission is currently holding investigative hearings into alleged abuse at the Universal Church. Now, some of the alleged violations include forced male sterilization, denial of rights to attend family funerals, young people forced to leave school, and women pressured to commit abortions. A number of the victims are presenting their testimonies at the investigative hearings. For more on this, we joined on the line by our reporter, Maha Ketla Moshlabe. A very good afternoon to you, Squire, and welcome. Good afternoon to you. What came out of the hearings today, Maha Ketla? Yeah, quite heavy stuff that came out of here. Saddening and, of course, despicable because... Um, I mean, uh, let me just talk about uh, the the witness who's speaking now, who's taking the stand, and his name is Amos Nkuku. Uh, he started uh, uh, at the church in 1994, um, and he was born in Free State. And um, he says that um, it was just shortly after the first democratic election in South Africa when he joined the church, of course. And, uh, and he says that few of the people... Um, Joined the church excited, seeing that a church from outside South Africa has come on the shores of South Africa, uh, you know, to, to, to fulfill their, their, their spirit, uplift their spirit. But then he says that um, he was called within two weeks to start working on the altar. And according to him, he said that uh, uh, he started being a translator because he understands all 11 official languages of South Africa. As a result, uh, that actually uh, made people start flocking to the church. Uh, and um, on the other side, he says that he was then transferred to Port Elizabeth in late 1994. But that's when he realized that things were not the same. Uh, so when he arrived there, he says that uh, he was told uh, to not have a day off. Uh, it was a strenuous work in his um, own words, and he says that he used to translate for about six services, and there was no day off, basically. And he says that he started losing weight in a way that you'd think that he was sick. And in 1998, he was then transferred to Johannesburg to help Bishop temporarily, um, uh, and then was transferred as an assistant after here. And you'd uh, probably be aware that here in Johannesburg, that's where the headquarters of uh, the Universal Church um, or is, and uh, he says that that's when he started hearing for the first time about the term vasectomy. He heard that term for the first time, and he said that he didn't know what they wanted, um, and he didn't really understand, but then he was then told that you do not question things here. As a servant, you do not question things uh, in this church. And, and, but then um, he was then clarified about this term, and he was told that um, uh, this is what they do as death control for pastors who are part of this church. And, uh, and, uh, they made, and he says that uh, they made us understand they are decision makers. We just obey, obey, and obey. Servants have no right to ask questions. Uh, and he says that uh, he, he, they depended entire, entirely on the leadership of the church because he says that um, they, they, they had salaries. They were um, encouraged to leave their jobs uh, because they were given accommodation and they were entirely disconnected with their own families. And he says in his own ways, I was 100% in the palm of their hands. And 
this is what happened, and this is where the, the, the plot is thickening. Uh, he says that he went for the surgical procedure without informing his wife. It was not communicated. Huh. Uh, even the church did not inform the wife. And that's, uh, that's what he says, that uh, that's how my mind was structured during apartheid, during that era. You were not... Uh, you were not allowed to ask questions during that uh, era, the apartheid era. And that's what actually he took that uh, attitude into the new democratic country or uh, democratic uh, structure of mm-hmm. the country. So he says that um, I, I didn't like it. My wife said, if you do this, we have one child and I want to have a second child. But I said, but other pastors are doing it. So, uh, and he says that when, when he was taken to Pretoria then, um, he was taken to a doctor for this surgical procedure. Yes. And he was given a drink. And then suddenly he was treated. And then he was on bed. And you wake up in pain, not knowing what, what, ha- what happened. And then, then they later told him, they, tell him, uh, they told him it's a, perma- it's a permanent procedure that you shouldn't have a child. Sure. He, well, says that, he says that my life is terminated in that way. Mm-hmm. He has not been able to, to, to make a child. So, and he ended up adopting a child sounds, um, as a result. Sounds horrifying. How many people from the church are expected to testify? Uh, today we're expecting about four people to testify. This is the second person uh, testifying uh, at this stage. Uh, he's currently testifying. And these are shocking details that are coming out of this uh, particular uh, uh, hearing. Because he says, he says that even financial exploitation of congregants as well um, uh, were actually uh, made. He says that there is a term basically that was used uh, by the leadership. And this is the term. Shear the wool until the skin is visible. And this is the term used to make sure that pastors work hard to get the last cent of the congregants. And he says that uh, he's not accusing an individual. It's the whole system of this church. And um, on the other side, also saying that pastors are actually told to give their inheritance to the church. And when you are kicked out... Uh, for disobeying, you, you, you leave the church empty-handed. He says that he's 61 years old now. He doesn't e- even have a cent left in his pocket. Hmm. All right, that's where we've got to leave it. That uh, is uh, our reporter, Mahaketla Moshlaba in Braunfontein in Johannesburg, where the hearings are taking place of the CRL Rights Commission.